3: You think football is still fun? Uh,
2: yes. Sir? Yes. No. No? Sir. sir. Uh, it was fun.
0: Not anymore, though, is it?
2: Is it? No, not
0: by No, not, it's not fun anymore. No. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the ball. Yeah. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Thanks. Good.
1: All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho, and today we have a sports movie from... A unique subset of culture, uh, something that, that we have not done before. We are talking about the evangelical football movie facing the Giants with two great co-hosts, uh, first a returner. My my good friend and co-host Alex McDaniel, and then someone whose work I have admired for a very long time, the co-host of the Shutdown Fullcast and the new novel Hell is a World Without You. Jason Kirk, a guy who I've been listening to for for years, thrilled to have him come visit us on Big Screen Sports and talk this movie. Uh if you if you haven't, go check out Jason's book. He's gonna give you the the pitch and the intro to this episode. The link to buy the book is gonna be in the show notes, but obviously pertains a lot to what we're going to be talking about this movie which was a first time watch for me I did not grow up in an evangelical culture this was a very interesting experience a worthwhile experience great episode hope you all enjoy it before we get into that i do want to shout out our big scene sports patreon group especially our producer level patrons that is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Mike Dries, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zacharis, Class Fire, Jason Alva, Steven DeBoe, Dan McFall, Kevin Ingleman, Mack Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dub, Andrew Teagle, Benjamin Bauman, Jeff Esses, Anthony Scafone, and Taylor Logan. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting this show. If you want to support this show, if you want to have a say in what this show covers, if you want to participate in our Big Screen Sports live watches, you can go to patreon.com slash Sports. We do have a live watch of Clue coming next week for patrons. It's going to be in our Discord channel, so check that out. Uh, and with that, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. If you haven't checked out this movie, it's uh, it's free on Freevee free with ads. You can also rent it for 4 bucks on Amazon. Uh, I chose the ads. But um, with that, let's talk Facing the Giants with me, Alex McDaniel, and Jason Kurt. All right. Joining me tonight on Big Screen Sports, we have a, a first time in a long time. Uh, first, you know her as the host of the legendary 10 Things I Hate About You podcast from two weeks ago. And our many Ted Lasso episodes, Alex McDaniel. Alex, welcome back. It's been the f- first time in a while for us.
3: I think. I think so. Are you Are you jealous that the Ten Things one just did bonkers numbers? I have no Everyone idea. loved it. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I heard a, I, a lot of good things. Like people, people love that. They might just be tired of me. That, that's um, what it is. And I, I've told people that you and Caroline can take over Romcom Month. You guys are taking <laughs> over the schedule. You can take over the feed. I'm, I'm fine
3: with that. I like how you act like that's a sacrifice as <laughs> opposed <It's> to <laughs> yeah. like, probably what you would like. That's I'd okay.
1: Be, be, that'd be great with me. And then joining the show, uh, someone whose work I have admired from afar for a long time. He's the co-host of The Shutdown, Fullcast, and author of the new novel, Hell is a World Without You, Jason. Kirk, Jason, welcome to Big Screen Sports.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I, uh, I, uh, we, we just so happened, to very coincidentally, have a, uh, a film to discuss tonight that that is uh in in line with that book you just mentioned. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how that coincidentally happened, but it's it Crazy. seems very fortuitous.
1: What are the chances? I'm just, I'm out here trying to collect the full cast people, like like Infinity Stones. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're three, we're three deep now. But, uh, Jason, before we dive in, tell the folks about your new novel.
2: So it's a uh, ex evangelical coming of age novel uh set in the 2000s um it is uh for anyone who grew up in that world or anyone who didn't grow up in that world anyone who is from the 2000s or from a different decade uh I promise it's funny I guarantee it's funny uh, you you're, you're giving me your laughs I'm not even I'm not even worried about <laughs> that um but uh we're we're gonna try to go beyond that we're gonna try we're gonna try to go for big feelings as well uh it's been it's been widely praised and reviewed just got a uh, recommendation from Kirkus Reviews today that's a pretty big one uh and all sales proceeds before February 12th are going to the Trevor Project we have already donated $39,000 uh and that number will go up uh but yeah it's a very very exciting project and uh Facing the Giants is referenced on page four. So (laughs) perfect.
1: Perfect. And if if people listen to you on this show and are you know like like you come from come from that world, you all tell tell the folks about the Vacation Bible School podcast.
2: Yeah, that's my other podcast. I host with my wife Emily. We are. um, She was raised slightly different evangelical than me, Uh, more mainline than evangelical. I would say. Uh, and both of us are going back through the Bible and, like, learning things about it, which is not how it happened in church at the time. <laughs> we just sort of learned uh, what some guy's idea of what's in the Bible uh, is in there. And, you know, and and people who didn't grow up like us, their idea of what is in that book is uh, just sort of inflected by pop culture. Everybody kind of thinks they know what's in there, but... Every single episode we've done, we found a bil- about a million things where it's like, okay, so the popular mis popular conception that you get either in church or in pop culture is just wrong in every way. Um, um so it's fun to learn stuff. And that's what we do on there. Total opposite of the shutdown full cast where we attempt to learn nothing.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm I assume that in that podcast you guys have discovered that like in this movie that God cares about football, high school Mm -hmm. football. Mm -hmm. Yes, Uh, it's his favorite. (laughs) Because, folks, and I want to say uh, links to Jason's book will be in the show notes, so go check that out. But tonight, we're talking about Facing the Giants, the 2006 evangelical football drama, a first-time watch for me. Uh, a losing coach and his underdog football team face their giants of fear and failure on and off the field with surprising results directed by Alex Kendrick stars, Kendrick Shannon fields, and just a bunch of people that you've never heard of got a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes, but an 85% audience score gross $10 million on a hundred thousand dollar budget because like God came through on a parlay with that one. And I, I was telling you guys before we started recording, I, I, I I am familiar with the evangelical movie world, mostly through like clips and osmosis from going to high school with a lot of people who are very into movies like this and Fireproof and God's Not Dead and things like that. I have never actually sat through one of these start to finish. It's very eye-opening, very interesting. You're welcome. (laughs) we'll, We'll get into it. It wasn't like a total... I wouldn't say a total non-starter I'll never watch this movie again but like it surprised <laughs> me and it surprised me in some positive ways I Jason I I want to kick to you of like what what is the evangelical film in, like is this the representation of this industry like what what is the kind of the you know the outline for the typical evangelical film that debuted between like 2000 and present day
2: This is uh, like uh, uh, in sports world, I would say this is the archetypical example. There are other evangelical sports movies, but this is the one that jumps out for me as like the definitive one. It, it, this came out around the same-ish time as God's Not Dead, which I would say is the movie of that world um it came out shortly after the first attempt to make a left behind movie <laughs> uh <laughs> kurt cameron they they uh, nicolas cage took a crack at it they they keep trying to remake those but um it's this whole alternate world where um in, in evangelicals they make stuff music movies books video games anything you can imagine um and all of it is uh essentially missionary work even literally evangelical it's designed to spread their particular version of um of the religion and uh it's it's all intended to sort of go viral in a way where it's like all of it has like calls to action right like this is going to make you feel a certain thing about our religion and you're going to want to join us or you're going to want to come to church and then you're going to want to tell someone else like God's not dead literally ends with a call to tell someone about God's not dead left behind ends with Kurt Cameron saying, be sure you buy another ticket to this movie in theaters so the the seculars will have to keep making movies about us. Um, so, you know, the, and this this film industry, which is like completely invisible to the average normal person, is uh, it's it's been going strong for decades. It, it like it started in the early 70s um, with like rapture movies in the early 70s and. The sports ones, this is, this is, I think one of the few examples of a sports movie where it's like, it's a functional sports movie, right? Like they had, they had their evangelical sports movies where it's like, you didn't even try to do the sports stuff, right? But this, this handles the basics of what you want in a sports movie, whether it does them well or not is, is beside the point, but <laughs> well, we'll get, we'll get to those points. But um, yeah, the, the evangelical market is a whole alternate reality, completely invisible to most people, makes an insane amount of money um and is like fiercely beloved like you are supposed to like this movie like if you're from like a church that uh that supported this movie you feel a deep spiritual obligation to like this movie and to tell people that's movie which we saw which you just mentioned in like the critics versus audience score right
1: so that was my one of my big takeaways and Alex I'd love your thoughts on this too of like I see people who post about these movies fireproof and war room and God's not dead and things like that. And people like, Oh, it's so impactful and stuff like that. And I see if like, if these are your beliefs and this is, this is how you go about your, your day to day and your business and this, that you can, you know, this represents a lot of the things you like, but these people are lying to themselves that these are good movies. Like (laughs) this is a bad movie. This is poorly acted. This move. No one who made this movie has ever seen football. And that's the part where I'm like, <laughs> I get that you can say this is a good representation of the, the culture and community that I like to see, but this isn't good. It's like I do the same thing with like bad heist movies. Den of Thieves wasn't great, but I was like, this is the culture I love. So I'm going to appreciate this movie. Are these, Alex, are these people doing the same thing?
3: Okay, look, my favorite movie is Hot Rod. I don't know if I'm the best person to a That is a, magnificent that's a perfect film. movie. That's a but perfect movie. I will say, and this is just my experience, obviously. Like, I don't speak for everyone. But I would say being part of um, an evangelical Southern Baptist church for the majority of my teens and the first part of my 20s, you know, I wasn't, like, born and raised in it. I chose it because I was bored when I was a teenager. It, they're very good at convincing you that you are the, just the tiniest little most misunderstood community. And that's why you have to you know, be loud about everything you do. And that's why when you see anything that looks like it understands you, you cling to it. To me, it's a very similar mentality to when BuzzFeed quizzes were a big thing and you would post the results on Twitter. Why people repost. I post Libra memes every day. Look at me, I'm a Libra. This is just like me, guys. Same kind of mentality of, we can overlook the fact that it's not a tremendous movie based on secular standards, because that is who we are, and that's what we believe in. And look how kind of shiny it looks, and it played in real theaters. And again, you can go out and say, this was a $100,000 budget. And it made $10 million. It's just more for God. It's more like spreading the message, and it's doing the job it's supposed to do. So that's just my take, though.
1: So as as two people who have taken in a lot of these movies, I don't think saying like Hall of Fame, all-star starter, benchwarmer sports film, I, I'm i going to take initiative and say this This is a benchwarmer. This should never be watched if you're into a sports movie. Where is this as far as quality and like those classifications in mm. evangelical movies? I also mm-hmm. found this like not problem, as someone who is like extremely liberal, I guess, like I did not find this as problematic as like some things that I have read about God's not there was no problematic liberal character in this movie which like I appreciated it was more like hey we're about our values we're not really as concerned with anyone else
2: <laughs> yeah it's set in Albany Georgia so they couldn't really find anyone <laughs> to play that role yeah yeah like um, like God's not dead it's all about like this it's 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 a Christian kid who shows up at a, at a liberal college and he's facing off with his atheist professor played like <laughs> Kevin Sorbo who's like who's <laughs> challenging him to like a battle for his soul and whatever and <laughs> and we as you know young evangelical kids we were taught that's like that's what it's like when you go out into the world they're going to hate you and persecute you and pick on you and this it like you say it kind of sidesteps that by being in this very insular christian community which is, i assume is supposed to feel like albany georgia which is where the church that runs the company that funded all this all these all these films um made by the kendricks uh like all of it is is very Albany, Georgia coded, and so there's no real liberals to yell at. There are a few people of color, and like there's like banter about like here's how you know like there's a there's a black coach who's like black men look better when they go bald, and it's like that's the level of like banter between people of different races, and it's like okay, this isn't hilarious, but I'm not offended. You know, I don't I don't like it. Could be a whole lot worse. <laughs> it usually is. <laughs> so like. In terms of in terms of offensiveness, I would say most of most of these movies find ways to be worse than this one, mm-hmm. um without question. In terms of quality, I would say this is uh, above <laughs> average without question. It, yeah. it is absolutely in by that standard. This is an above average. <laughs> I mean,
3: the death crawl scene. If you took that out and. Put that scene in any other like sports movie, I and mean, we would watch that on YouTube. <laughs> so, I, I had that is what
1: worked. I thought those were sick. What, like I thought sick. that was an incredible kind of punishment sports crawl. Like I, hat tipped to that. That, that's in, that's actually the, the lead off for the IMDb trivia. But before we get, it, can you guys walk me through the Kendrick brothers, and specifically Alex Kendrick, <laughs> the star of this movie? Like, what is the, what is the four one one on these gentlemen?
2: So there is a borderline megachurch we could call it in southwest georgia southern baptist church where they it's this this might sound weird to anyone who's not from this world one of their like 15 pastors was their associate pastor of media was his title I don't think he's there anymore. He was there for a long, long time. Uh, I, I looked. Well, their their only uh, similar title right now is the associate pastor of sports, who I guess works <laughs> with the pastor of sports. Yes, they have two pastors of sports <laughs> at this church now. <laughs> but Alex Kendrick was the associate pastor of media, and one day he was like, "Hey, we should make a Christian sports movie." Um, and they, uh, the the official biography, the official story of it is they just kept praying until the money showed up, uh, and then they had <laughs> enough money to make the movie, and like almost every Everyone in this movie is a is a volunteer, which I want to say shines through the greatest southern accents I have ever seen in a film. Like it is, it is a it is a um a thing a thing that always takes me out of a movie. A movie is hearing a terrible southern accent, right? Yeah. This movie, it's perfect.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes
2: authenticity yes. from start to finish you're hearing nothing but albany georgia Georgia all <laughs> throughout you're hearing the fiercest wha- i've ever heard in my life <laughs> you're seeing unattended glasses of sweet tea that i am certain where uh someone needed them just to get through the day like every single bit of it is like this is the most georgia movie i've ever seen in my life um but yeah the the kendrick uh the first one i think was a race car movie um that like it and i'm sure it was basically the exact same plot as this one where it's like he didn't believe but then he believed and then he won the race or whatever uh and then this one and the budget just kept escalating so like this was like the midpoint after this was like fireproof and then he brings in kirk cameron um he was still doing like writer producer director but he's like "Ah, let's 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 replace myself as as lead actor let's go get (laughs) kirk cameron like that that's a good decision yeah i mean it's a decision not not awesome but you know it's better i guess i don't know i honestly i prefer it's more interesting to me to see kendrick direct himself like yeah see a pastor write a movie and then star in it about himself (laughs) is pretty fascinating so like yeah he became uh a 2000s early 2010s evangelical media star by making these like undeniably insanely successful movies just pound for pound based on the budgets um there was i think there was one week in like the early 2010s where his movie about cops or whatever of course there's a movie about cops um (laughs) where it was like number two in the box office that week or something like that like it was like actual legit um mainstream success um and yeah and it all started in albany georgia
3: how? I saw Fireproof on a date in college, by the oh way. Oh my
2: god!
3: Wow,
1: <laughs> it must have been a hot date.
3: <laughs> I was on a date with a preacher's kid.
1: Yes,
2: and of okay.
3: course, I dated him for an entire year after that. But wow, Perfect.
1: I mean, there's some post date
2: conversations. <laughs> I love wow. that because Fireproof is a movie about like marriage, right? Like, <laughs> yes, it's about I was being primed, primed. Marriage.
1: Really... Yes. <laughs> god. Well, I so it sounds like the, the Kendricks have raked in the finances. I, you know, he seems pretty sincere. Like it doesn't seem like he it seems far away from the Gemstones, but I guess you're, you know, you, it it mm-hmm. only ta- it only takes a few a f- take a few exits off the highway to end up uh end up like the Gemstones. But um I- I'll get into the IMDB trivia and Alex you mentioned the death crawl, exercise that they came up with themselves. Mm-mm. To their knowledge, no one had ever done it before.
3: Interesting.
1: I think that like I I think if this last week, uh, Caroline Nicole and I did Miracle, and I mentioned that all youth, the like, sports coaches took the wrong message from Miracle, which was like if you just run punishment, run the shit out of your teams, they'll win for you, and like took took that exercise. I think like if more coaches had seen this, the Death Crawl would have would have gotten very very popular. I think a lot of coaches would love <laughs> this because that seems really hard. The whole
3: it, time I was um, like, "That kid's gonna fall out. You get a lawsuit <laughs> on your hands."
2: The scene where, so it's like uh, a, a lineman, I guess he's supposed to be. We don't really learn a whole lot about the characters, the the players as they go. It's just sort of like this guy's got a bad attitude, and now he's gonna do this thing to make him have a good attitude, right? <laughs> but he's like crawling with a skinny kid on his back or whatever, and it's like this is like the legendary scene from this movie. Like this is the one that, if you know anything about them, this movie, it's probably this scene and the scene was like played in like business meetings and like, uh, probably endless Bible studies. Like this is how bad we got to want, whatever it is or whatever. And yeah, Kyle, you mentioned, right? Like you mentioned this (laughs) guy,
1: that scene got shown in one of our, one of our sales rallies. That is is all I will say. I I don't believe anyone I work with listens to this, but that is all I will say.
2: Did it, uh, did it inspire you? Did you, did you go all the way across the field so so to speak?
1: just sails that sails that up for that month was just so so full of the spirit mm-hmm. um I think that Trent Williams could do that with Brock Purdy on his back for at least <laughs> 300 yards yeah
3: yeah I just say it's really odd that like none of the other guys were like cheering him on they just sat there <laughs> silently until they just started standing up but no one cheered no one was like you could do it man God yeah bless. like there was
2: there was no either you can do it or don't you look stupid or yeah. you know, like there was no participation They're at all.
1: <laughs> really, really interesting, interesting setup for that. Because you know, um, teenage
2: boys are known for just like like uh, somber uh, uh, <laughs> ob- observation, not a yeah. lot of
1: yelling. <laughs> yeah, low low energy. Most teenage boys <laughs> yeah. don't don't have a lot going through there. Um, okay, this one was interesting to me because you had mentioned most of the most of the people were volunteers or whatever. Like these were not actors, most of them. Bobby Lee Duke was played by Jim McBride, an associate pastor of Sherwood Church, Sherwood Baptist Church, who was once a professional wrestler. The lollipop (laughs) was his idea. I can see that. That guy had like that. That seemed like a a wrestling foil. I'm not Jason. I know you're huge into wrestling. I'm not as well versed, but that was is that a was that guy notable?
2: No, I would assume that's some <laughs> small local South Georgia circuit or whatever, but it, it came through though, right? Like yeah. when you watch it, you you sort of think like he's kind of a really good villain. Like, yeah, he's it's one of the most effective, like, like unquestionably hands down. No, no equivocation effective performances in the movie is this yeah. this rival coach. I agree.
1: Just hamming it up. I agree. Got some questions about his game management, but we'll get to that. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, so this one, IMDb, like kind of like Wikipedia. I think anyone can post. This one was interesting because of exactly how it was phrased, and I just wanted to. It just says, "Any profits received by the church from this movie will be used to build a youth center in Albany, Georgia." It didn't say <laughs> the profits were used. It's like someone came in and said, "Hey, the profits for this will be used to build a youth center." This what a hell pretty, of a youth center! <laughs> I was about to say, $10 million. It's got to be a pretty fancy youth center,
2: yeah. I would, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go take a look. It's uh, I, I think this church does about 2,000 in attendance on Sundays, so you're gonna need
1: a pretty, pretty sizable youth center, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's man. Uh, this is the last one I, I, I pulled, and I, I noticed this, and I kind of like I respected how they how they did football. Because some of the football practices were real or filmed right afterwards. Sometimes Grant and the others were walking around pretending to be in charge, but they really weren't. It becomes very obvious that they filmed actual football games and actual football practices, especially because the helmets for their team don't match up in those yeah. scenes. And but the like,
3: shoes. Yeah. I kind of,
1: I kind of respect like the guerrilla filming attitude of like, okay, we're just gonna film, we're gonna film this high school game, and we're gonna insert it in our movie and make make everything work that way. I have, if we like transition this into what worked about this movie, I've seen football done a lot worse on film. (laughs) Like I've, I've seen movies that look like necessary roughness looks horrible. This movie looks way better than that in terms of football.
3: So wasn't the cinematographer and or editor like a veteran NFL films guy? He's like the one legit football person they got. I could be wrong about that. But I that think is that,
1: research I didn't do, and if that's the case, that's they just didn't a, ask that man nearly enough. I questions. just
3: remember it's one of those things that just kind of sits in my brain, and then I say it out loud. And I'm like, I don't know if I made that up. Or not. <laughs> so maybe cut that part out. But I think there, there's somebody, there's an NFL Films guy who was involved. So
1: that's that's very interesting to me because when we get to like what didn't work, I have a lot of questions about the understanding of football in this movie.
2: I think the filming of the football it looked very real the yeah. the like storytelling that they're yes. drawing from the football it, it felt like you say it felt very much like they're taking footage and then just like ah we gotta tell a story with th- this raw material like it very clearly was not shaped for the story um, but it's 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 some of the most authentic high school football you'll ever see in a movie because it's literally just <laughs> just a high school football game,
1: just just South Georgia private school high school football. Uh, Jason, what so what works about this movie for you? I'm curious about like your perspective versus me as a first time watcher of this movie who hasn't seen many of these movies.
2: Uh, I find it very authentic in a way. Um, the I mean the accents that, <laughs> like I said, like. It it this is a this is a picture of a world. Um, I'm not going to say it is a uh, a a valid endorsement of a mindset, but I will say it is an accurate depiction of a world. It, yes, this is exactly what that part of the world looks and sounds and 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 smells and feels like, and this is how everyone talks. Um. these are their preoccupations and their worries. I mean, the church jargon in this is like, it's so on point. There is a guy who walks around praying for uh, students by touching their lockers, which is very charismatic. And he drops a, in the same sentence. I just felt lead and bloom where you're planted. And I'm yes. like, wow, that, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he hits them with a, I, I just want a generation that has a heart for you, Lord. And I'm like, this, this guy, this, that's the accurate, that's the right guy. So like, it's this weird thing where it's like, I don't know if this movie needed to exist, but it does. And I'm in a way glad that people who knew, you know, who were authentic to the world were the ones who depicted it um, because it ended up being an honest depiction of like how it actually looks and sounds, um, you know, an honest depiction in terms of like if you reach five hundred as a coach on the hot seat, are you gifted an F one fifty? That part's not real. <laughs> that
1: part's not real. <laughs> um, Especially know, yeah. not in Georgia.
2: Yes, I mean it's it's but like what it says about this character and what it says about the filmmakers that like their idea of like coach this community believes in you is is giving him an f-150 like he makes twenty four thousand dollars a year so he's getting a truck that's worth more than his entire salary for winning three games (laughs) (laughs) for going from the hottest hot seat to three and three he gets a new f-150 and it's like this is georgia valhalla this is georgia man's (laughs) like ultimate ascent that this is the highest level you can go as a georgia man so like just everything about it is this, and the movie ATL, the big boy movie ATL, from oh, honestly around the same time.
1: You put those two get two together, and you have the state of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought the most realistic part of the movie was that they, the board or parents or whoever, were convening to fire him. Like that mm-hmm. makes sense. This, I can't believe he lasted six years in in Georgia football. This would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man in this movie, Mark Rick, was rolling off 10-win seasons like nothing, and they cut his ass... They sent his ass to Miami. Like, I... He is such a low-energy, the most unmotivational coach in in high school football. Like, I'm, I'm shocked that he lasted six years. Like, it's very realistic that they were plotting to replace him. It's unrealistic that they waited six years to do so. Like, mediocrity and... Football in the South don't usually fly. Small town so I, I...
3: high school, though. I mean, I realize it's a it's an academy, it's a little different. But like, I think the coach that was at my high school, and we never ever came close to having a winning season. He was there like twelve years. When you know everybody, you know, and like you're, it's I think it's different. Did he but... did he
2: have more personality than our coach here? Was that what?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's I don't. You. I didn't take his history class, but I
1: assume. Because <laughs> that's the thing he—he's not like I wouldn't say he's unlikable, but he is low energy, Debbie Downer. I—I I honestly I don't. I was—I don't know why this thought popped in my head, but like if Trump would have a field day with this guy if he was yeah. running against yeah. him, like he'd be low t, <laughs> low T Grant or something like that. Like he just just tear him apart. Grumpy Grant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's just he's brutal. Uh, mm-hmm. tr- truly not the guy you want to, to lead your program. But Alex, what worked about this movie for you?
3: That's, I don't, you know, the third day songs <laughs> I was watching. I'm telling you, like, it's so weird. It's weird for me because, like, when I walked away from that, I walked away from all of it. And, but the main thing my whole time in that world was music. Like, I clung to it and I, you know, I listened to as much as I possibly could all the time. So to hear something very mainstream, like, third day just really kind of took me back to like, Two thousand six, we're all wearing polo shirts. I'm going to Bible study. My best friend is what was that book called, Jason? That was like, um, you shouldn't even like you shouldn't kiss the person you're with until you I get married. Get yes. And like she was preaching to all of us, like that's how you know you're in love is when you like can when you are married. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when you are married. And I mean, that was just the world I was in. And then you hear like third day, and that's as common, you know, in the secular world, it'd be like turning it on and hearing, you know look at me trying to think of a model like jack harlow or like wh- whomever but i haven't listened to that stuff seriously in 20 years so um but it's like i don't know it's everything i echo everything jason said because it it works for that community what it needs like it does what it needs to do i think the death crawl scene like if you made that if you put that in an actual like secular sports movie and you made it better and different actor <laughs> everything i think that really works it's weird in a movie like this because you know they talk the whole time about oh you know once we start focusing on god and once we but you notice how like there's never really anything from that they're not out doing like volunteer work they're not out like you know um preaching his word to, to various people it's just they decided one day we're doing this for god you know, win now these, we're winning win these
1: games for god brother
3: You know, and like I I get the players like it's happening in the classroom too. look at them doing math. But you never really see that play out like to me that was very like true to what I remember is like Mm -hmm. you were never given a plan for what does that mean to live for God? And like your accomplishments were your own. It was if you want to get better at this thing, you got to give it to God. What does that mean? Just give it to God. Just give it to Him. Just lay lay it down. Lay, <laughs> lay it at the foot of the cross. Lay it at the yeah. foot of the cross.
2: Yeah. It, and I'm like, it,
3: I don't know what that means. Give me a to-do yes. list.
2: <laughs> I literally do not know what have faith means. I know. All I know is it makes me better at football.
3: That was a terrible <laughs> answer because you asked me what worked, and I went into what didn't. I like, mean, I, I <laughs> you said you
2: said third day. Third, third, third day
3: worked. Day. I liked I loved it. So third here's
2: day. how Georgia this is. Third day is from
1: my Metro Atlanta High School.
3: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, so, they like, definitely I- called in a favor. But <laughs> that I was like, yeah. <laughs> couldn't have gotten these songs.
1: Speaking of calling in a favor, something that works is Mark Rick showing up. That was that was <laughs> a, it was a delight. And again, I'll I'll kind of kick it to you guys as the experts in this space. How often do college football coaches or people <laughs> like that show? Because <laughs> the the connection between the evangelical community and college football in a lot of places, specifically Clemson is very, is very like direct. (laughs) Like you could, if this was made now, you could a hundred percent see Dabo in the stands or, or other people like is, is this a one-off or do does this community get big time cameos like this, especially, you know, are there any other college football related cameos in, in this world?
2: I think considering this is allegedly the Georgia State title game, that it it feels plausible that Rick would be there. Which, like, yes, this team that was zero and three ends up in the <laughs> state title game because God is real. <laughs> uh I don't, there's there's some math in the middle there but uh i mean it feels plausible that rick might be there it, it, if there were if there was like any recruiting implications that would feel more likely but we don't really have any sense that any of our players are any good <laughs> other than yeah. like 54 is kind of big <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it, it definitely feels like it is mark rick has heard about what a man of god coach grant is and that's why he's there which like is a thing in all these movies and god's not dead god's not dead ends with like the newsboys another christian band that i'm sure alex remembers they show up to this college and they're like we have heard about the young man of god who is who is standing against the atheists like there is a thing where the christian celebrities will swoop in to have your back in your you know when you're facing the goliath it's a trope yeah so (laughs) mark Richt is the uh is like the uh Jesus on a white horse of revelation swooping in when you need him most. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just the shots of him killed me. And, like the one where he's just like
1: okay, He
2: he's <laughs> also he's the, the
1: tannest one. person in the crowd too. That tan is, is coming through. That's that true. that Miami tan. Um he well, he mentions <laughs> that Grant, I guess, played for him. Isn't that the thing? Like always come to see a former player or something like that.
3: I didn't know if that many played for him or if he just played for Georgia. Yeah. Like a former Georgia. Either, either
1: way, what they taught Grant at Georgia or playing for Mark Rick did not stick. Um, let's <laughs> let's get into the the strikeout and what didn't work, so we can get all of Alex's takes before she has to depart the pot early. But what is for the what Jason? What is the worst part about this movie?
2: Hmm. <laughs> um, I guess the I mean uh, for me, it's going to be just the. Massive yawning, logical incongruency, <laughs> staring you right in the face the entire time that Alex mentioned, which is basically like, if 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 you church hard enough, good at football now, <laughs> because uh yeah I, I don't know you know like there like I've seen all these verses in the Bible about like you should be nice to poor people and stuff. Well, 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 why does why does not doing that make us good at football <laughs> <laughs> like there's just so much so much logic that is just not there and like when you're in the world you have this like tiny sense that like that's not adding up but it makes me feel great yep. right w- once you step outside of it you're like how how did i ever think anything but how 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 insane and off this is so like watching it now Um, many years after having left that world what didn't work for me is uh, basically everything but the shots of high school football players tripping over each other's (laughs) shoes because it was like okay that's real the accents are real how much this man (laughs) loves his f-150 that's real that all makes sense the things that they are saying I get why they think them and I get that they believe them and I get that they mean them more than anything in the world and there is Nothing about it lines up with, and, and not even the rules of the religion that they uh, that they're professing. So, it's a pretty big problem with the movie.
1: I think. Yeah, seems for, <laughs> something we discussed last week in the Miracle episode is that a, a problem that sports movies have is when the underdog team is convincing us why they should beat the give, giving actual sports reasons of why they should beat the big bad team. It often is like, they just win because there are underdogs versus like a movie like miracle. Not to, not to dive too deep, but like tells us that they, they win because they, they train really hard. And Kurt or Kurt Russell's character develops like, you know, a system playing as a team and yada, yada, yada. We have a reason why they, the U S beat the Soviets with this. Again, all we have is that reason of their, they're believing in God. They're putting it in God's hands. And, and, and God is helping them win these football games as opposed to, you could have just been like, "Hey, we're you know we're gonna take the same passion we have for the Lord and put it into football, and like coach Grant's gonna make up some new plays or we're like gonna get better in some way, but it's just like no god, God's taking it, so now now we're a great football team, and that's I think mean, that's the biggest fallacy in this movie and this this world apparently it's it's tough,
3: I think one thing that I found really funny is. You know when they lose the playoff game and he gets in the truck and he's like, I just really hope God is gonna do this for us, he's gonna give us. And it's like, yes, because God likes your team more. But you notice they make it a point when they find out the other team forfeited because they had eligible players. They make it a point to say, because we don't cheat, because <laughs> we're not <laughs> like cheaters. You know, like they really gotta paint the picture of God would prefer us because we're not cheaters. Because tell
1: you what, brother, football has never rewarded a cheater, not once. Not in Georgia. Not, <laughs> not once. in Georgia. No. <laughs>
3: I also think, and obviously this is just from a mother's perspective and just kind of, again, like what you're sort of taught in that world, the fact that the movie opens and we obviously see he's this coach is down on his luck. Everything's broken. His car is broken. His house smells, which is just a weird, just a weird thing to walk in and be like, why does the house stink? Things are breaking down and they're talking about a baby like in logical worlds. You would not be planning to bring a life into the world where you can't even take care of yourselves. But they very quickly make the point that this is why they're married. This is what this is for. And for that to somehow be compromised or threatened is going to be a big deal. And it's like, y'all need to fix something. Someone needs to get a different job. You first need an F-150. <laughs> yeah, then...
2: But like, yeah, it is a, a huge storyline in this movie that this this woman is uh trying to get pregnant and it's 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 not working for this couple and they're just gonna keep trying and trying and trying um it's 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 the B plot of the movie is their attempt to get pregnant um and he's he's and shooting like
1: blanks too isn't that what they imply like she's fine it's his fault.
2: they got to go to the doctor a few times and it's 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 so it there are two both of the main plots are i see exactly what they're doing they're playing on biblical stuff the first one is obvious david and goliath right um and it comes down to david wins not because he's big but because he's tricky right so they do a trick play to score a touchdown at the end or whatever and and then the goliath team loses because of coach's terrible clock management aka arrogance goliath was arrogant in the story um, the other the B plot of this of the coach's wife trying to I'm sorry I'm blanking on her name shouldn't call her that but um Brooke wasn't her name Brooke that's her name mm-hmm. she's trying to get pregnant the entire movie that is like extremely biblical there's so many stories throughout Genesis and all the way through the gospel of Luke where uh, a woman is trying to get pregnant or is it is, is it it, it, it is a. Uh, unrealistic unlikely that she'll become pregnant if god doesn't personally intervene so like uh yeah is this the story of a football coach whose wife uh is is um immaculately conceived i don't know quite possibly but yeah everything in this movie is attempting to remind you of stuff in the bible including this woman having no other purpose than bearing a child like it's like men win football games women get pregnant like that is what this movie is telling you and that is an accurate depiction of how everyone in this world would think.
1: So, where I was surprised, so they they mentioned that they've been trying for four years, and she brings up maybe seeing a specialist, and it's like it took you took you four years to think <laughs> about that. I was actually surprised that that they saw a specialist, and that the argument against doing like in vitro fer- fertilization or whatever was the cost. And not that it's like the devil, devil magic or something like that. Like, I was actually surprised that one, they went to the specialist and were at least interested in, in, Treating, treating, or, or trying to do something to to create a child, like i
3: with science. Yeah, with science. Mean? Yeah, I was I was very
1: <laughs> I was very surprised that they they looked at in vitro fertilization. Is that am I say what is that? Is it is it in, in vitro, vitro fertilization? fertilization? Yeah. yeah, we're mm-hmm. yeah. Look at me, I I know my stuff. But yeah, I was I was actually I was actually kind of surprised. But when she's like, we've been trying for four years, she's like, should we see a specialist? I was like, probably three and a half years ago. Yeah, you probably should have.
3: I think, and this is just my opinion. From my perspective now, that does seem odd. But again, when you're part of a community that tells you it is up to him, your steps have already been decided. Everything you do has already been laid out just because you don't know about it. Like I could see if you're immersed in that, you're doing it and you're thinking, well, it's either going to take us a long time or you're already deciding like you're accepting in your head. Well, maybe I'm just not meant for this. Maybe I'm just not meant to have a baby because if God wanted me to, he would give me a baby no matter how long it takes and so but I I had the same reaction re-watching it I was like that's not realistic kind of I mean when you think like there's when you think everything is up to God anyway it is really easy if you're on the wrong side of that to get very defeated and think well it doesn't matter what I do because it's already decided
2: especially because so. the flip side of it is not just they want to have a kid it's this entire world is based around like your worth as a person is getting married asap and having kids asap and te- and teaching them to become people who will have Christian kids asap, right? Yeah. <laughs> like so much of this is this self perpetuating system that like, and I mean, it, you're yeah, you're getting glimpses of this in a football movie. Like that's how pervasive it is. They can't help having a half hour of this movie is about patriarchy and paternalism and Yeah, a football movie. <laughs>
1: so there's another thing in that, that, that caught my eye of when they're again, talking about just how generally broke they are. And he, she says something about like him making $24,000 a year. He's like, we make $30,000 a year. Cause you make six. And I was like, huh? She's <laughs> not like, she's, she's, doesn't have kids like she's not a stay at home like that i did the math that works out to making two dollars and 80 cents an hour if you're working full time um i'm j- I'm, j- I'm just curious like you guys are struggling like you got to find a better job than making six thousand dollars a year what what's going i just had questions of what's going on there
3: i'm willing to bet though she has a lot of time to volunteer at the church and when you mm-hmm, think that, that, that church
2: is using up all her time yep yep
3: I'm serious I, I like believe if, you. if you if you are using that time to help with anything like a children's church or nursery or like whatever then it's time well spent isn't it <laughs> like,
2: Yeah and that's stuff that like a a a man at the church probably get paid for might even have a nice title a woman is just the women are expected volunteer. to just carry churches yes yep Um, The other thing is, what is her job? She's a florist. Of course. Of course she's a florist. (laughs) Because girls like that stuff, right? Girls love flowers. (laughs) (laughs) It's also, it ties in, like, it, there would be pressure on him to not have a wife who brings in uh, a large share of the household finances there'd be pressure on him to bring in almost all of the money right so like yeah. if there's probably a moment where she's like i I could go work at a freaking restaurant I could be bringing in more money and he's like no I'm a man of God <laughs> we I'd rather be poor than have a wife who makes money so yeah
1: man
3: that's exactly how it goes
1: there's a lot going on there here. is <laughs> Alex what else, Layers. what else didn't work about this movie. <laughs>
3: didn't work um i mean so much a, a lot I,
1: I have a lot written down i know we're not going to get to all of it but just like every I scene and i, I do, was like oh, look at that
3: um i'm sure they i know y'all are going to get into the actual gameplay because i think we all know like i don't care who you are no coach in his right mind is going to go for it when you're at the state oh, championship I mean, when you could just get a field it the, the end of the state championship
1: y'all can game that. was dude, just out of control bad just there there's <laughs> got to be a different way to set them up for a a 51 yard field goal
3: the one thing and i went to so i went to briarcrest in memphis um shout out Hugh i Phoenix. was about to say anyone <laughs> anyone notable from that school <laughs> but i i went when i was like elementary going into middle school i did not go i went to a public high school in arkansas for me because i wasn't really I mean, I watched this years ago and I forgot most of it. And so when I was rewatching, I wasn't paying full attention. I couldn't remember if it was a Christian, like a private school or a public school. What didn't work is I feel, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but at least at Briarcrest, everything that you did, God was part of it. Your academics, your free time, your lunch, whatever. You didn't really get the sense of that. And then they're like, surprised, like we're going to have a revival, we have kids talking about the Bible. I was like, you're a Christian academy. You should be talking about this all the time because, you know, at first it, you don't ever hear mention of it. And it's kind of funny that it just occurred to the coach of the football team at this Christian academy. What if we focus on God? <laughs> like, what if we just throw out the rule book? Check out this guy. Guy, I don't know. It was odd for me, but I didn't go to a private school, so I don't know.
2: No, you're you're right. Like I, I went to um a Christian private school for parts of like my elementary years, and like, yeah, we we had Bible class at yeah. school, like every day. And, you know? and it was like, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Well, they it, mentioned
1: it, that there's a guy who teaches Bible class because when they're having their revival out on the football field, he, they say something about so and so's Bible class, like, like he's he's out there teaching. He's the he's the yeah. teacher who like weirdly goes into the stands to comfort the three crying teenage girls which I was like
3: that that feels
2: completely accurate that feels When that icky. happened I was like yes. I've
3: seen that guy
2: <laughs> yep. I have seen that individual lurking around in youth groups yeah
3: 100%
2: yeah the so like I I guess the vibe I got from and Alex you're absolutely right it was like shouldn't this place already be pretty religious but like yeah. what they're going for there is this 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 is a dead and dry community. They they have hard hearts. They're just you know they 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 they're, they have the name on the side of the building, but they're you know it's it's all it's all for show. Like it, they're, <laughs> they're trying to show that this man of God is going to be the one who's going to lead this this school back to what it should be, or whatever. But like, I almost wish they had leaned more into that. We're a Christian school, but none of the kids are reading their Bibles. <laughs> you know, it's a
3: crisis.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the solution is football. <laughs>
3: i <laughs> mean, use football to bring
1: them back to the Lord.
3: So I do have to. This is kind of unrelated, but related. I can't help thinking of, and I think I've tweeted about this before. um My youth pastor, when I was getting ready to go to college, like all my friends were going to these private Baptist colleges, like Union or Williams Baptist, which is a little ways from Jonesboro. And I was not, like I was getting ready to go to Ole Miss. And, and this another is just school. Not acceptable. Of God. For the pastor. But yeah, it's my favorite Christian school. And um, my youth pastor called me into his office and he was from Alabama. Um, That's important in a second. And he was just like, I'm just really worried about where you're going to school. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be a writer. And I'm telling him all this stuff, whatever. And he's like, do you know they say cuss words in their fight song? <laughs> I, like, I didn't. At the time. I knew nothing about it. And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't know. He's like, well, if you're not going to go to a Baptist college, you could at least go to Auburn. and he was dead serious this man was not joking he would he would have been really fine if i was like okay i'll go to auburn anyway sorry that just i can't stop (laughs) it that's perfect
1: (laughs) incredible it truly truly incredible um there's a couple like so jason like you mentioned it's it's very much like this kind of insular community and it's it's about the community and like at a, at a Christian school to private Christian school, you can do all these, you know, you can obviously like make make the athletics about God and things like that. But there's when they're showing the head as they're going on the montage and like showing the headlines and stuff, the Albany Times, which is the local newspaper, it seemingly like this is not a private Christian newspaper, although it could just be <laughs> the same thing says the headline is Eagles land in the playoffs. Taylor leads team in prayer giving God thanks for victory as the as the subheader. Alex is is a is a journalist. Mm.
3: As a- <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say man. <laughs> you is are you asking if it's realistic? It is a small town yeah. southern paper it is.
1: I mean, it's so sure. it's so interesting to me. I mean, we have, I mean, shout out to the Bernie Star, like we have that, but it's <laughs> the, uh, I don't know, religion never transcended the pages. I mean, again, we they they cover public high schools, but
3: I mean, I went to a public high school. We prayed before a football game. The marching band prayed before we performed. We prayed at the end of the game. We did see you at the pole. Is that what it's called? See you at see the poll. Okay, um, it. I recognize no separation in that, so I'm sure in our little town paper, I promise it was there without any sort of like this is weird. We shouldn't be talking about it. In an unusual move. They prayed. No, I mean we did it all the time. So oh, I would, yeah. I, I mean, would expect the, the that
1: pregame prayer. Yeah, if you if you play athletics in the south,
3: like it's but the it's pre-marching there. band I... performance prayer, <laughs>
1: like...
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I had to lead it because I was the drum major, so that was my big job. They let
2: a lady lead a
1: prayer.
3: Crazy, right? <laughs> Or progressive in arkansas. Yeah,
1: that's woke, clearly. woke arkansas. <laughs> uh Jason, what else didn't work? I mean, if we're, we're <laughs> Let's <laughs> just make a list. Roundhouse. Just make a, I mean, I have it like <laughs> their quarterback clearly just finished his first day at throwing school. <laughs> like he's just tough. Tough. <laughs> they're their state champion quarterback.
2: Yeah, they at no at no point did I get the sense this team is any good, but um there there is this thread where it's a it's a sports movie trope in this one, it emerges. It, it, uh, Hoosiers, I think, is the the um, uh, definitive example of like this team of white guys. Uh, they <laughs> yep. they they claw and they scratch and they just work so darn hard and they're so humble and they got. Uh, well, it, I guess in other sports movies, they got clean haircuts. No, no, in this one, they have authentic Georgia floppy haircuts. But otherwise, they're just such clean-cut white boys, and they go to the state title game where the other team is diverse um and it's yes. it's called out they're bigger than us they're stronger than us but we are smarter than them and it's like okay uh this movie was like harmless until the title game and then it's like well damn now you're that kind of sports movie all of a sudden yeah. you know
1: that's that stood out like a sore thumb because i believe the Shiloh team are are you know our heroes. I think they have they have the black assistant coach, and I think they have one player of color. And the state championship team, the Giants, are a v- I mean majority black team, and they have a black player who commits a dirty foul, lays out their kicker, and it was very it is glaring when when you watch it. And Jason, like you mentioned, Hoosiers does the exact same shit so it's, this isn't reserved just for um evangelical movies but that that was a that was one of the the bigger missteps in the movie s- seeing it it was it was glaring and it was deeply deeply uncomfortable
2: yeah and, it, and it's like it's so frustrating because it would not have been hard to have uh the, the Shiloh Christian school to have that be a diverse team. It's South mm-hmm. Georgia, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would it, you could have had the you could have had the teams be uh both reflect the demographics of Georgia at large, and then it's not a problem at all. But like And it...
1: all these kids seem to be volunteering from the same pool and on their team, only like three kids roles. So it's just you're choosing for all the extras to be white players on, on their team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's,
3: but again, it's following the church too, because it's church members. And I don't know the stats or the demographics from what is it, Sherwood Baptist?
2: But I'm guessing it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that is a town with a lot of small AME churches and one large white church, because that is a pretty common dynamic.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, Alex, I know you have to depart the pod. Do you have anything mm-hmm. anything else that doesn't work? Any final words on this movie before we go to ad break?
3: Um I don't think so. The one thing I will say, though, re-watching it all these years later, because when you walk away from something that just kind of consumed your life and you get farther and farther away, you really comfort yourself with like, that was the best decision I could have made, right? Watching this movie reminded me that, like being part of that world gave me so much comfort. And like when I saw the girls crying in the stands, like I almost started weeping because I remember that feeling of this is all I've this is what I'm living for. And it's so simple and it's one thing and everything I do in my life is going to follow this one thing. And that's very scary. It's a scary thing to say out loud. But it's also, you know, it kind of reminded me of parts of me that are more compassionate, I think, and to remember that, like, people don't just choose to follow something that makes them not think critically like it's a system that depending on how you're brought into it and how you stay into it it can you can be a very smart critical thinker and still find a lot of comfort in that which is the dangerous part of it and i don't know it was that and i've been reading i'm not saying this just to suck up but i'm about halfway through jason's book and it's there are times i just have to put it down because i'm like i remember this i know this exactly even though it's from the perspective of a guy like there are a lot of um, female characters in there that you're like, I was that girl. I was friends with that girl. I know that girl. And mm-hmm. it's um, it's a lot to process, I think. And even though this is like a lighthearted, like, the movie's just hilarious on its own, objectively. um, It reminds you of just how all-consuming that life is. And you think it's just so simple. And it's like, oh my God, I'm happy every day. And you don't really take the time to break down what you're rejecting and you're in the world to make yourself happy, you know? you've just been yeah. told you're above it all now and if you just follow this one thing it doesn't matter what those people say it doesn't matter what those people think because you're living for him and that's it it's intense that's all i got
2: well that's good and there's and there's just so many um your brain is so designed to steer you away from those moments of self reflection yeah
1: well alex i'm i'm glad you could join us it was great to see you if i can give you a free f150 for this for coming on the show i <laughs> I absolutely would, absolutely would. Um, Let's take a quick ad break, and then Jason and I will get back and roll through the rest of the categories.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: Okay. We're back. Um, best scene in this one. I found, I found like I was having a challenging time picking out. Cause with, with movies that are like, what's not good is I guess, I guess it's the word. It's like hard to pick out like what would be the best scene. Like there have been episodes where we've done like, what's the worst scene or whatever. I found the championship game of a very rich text. There was a lot to go off. It was one of the longer extended pieces, but, before we dive into just the mechanics of the championship game, are there any scenes that stick out to you in this one as legitimately good or very reflective of your upbringing or anything that, that you know, that really stands out to you?
2: I really enjoyed the F-150 scene. <laughs> I keep going back to it. It was just, uh, I watched this with my daughter, who uh, she is very fortunate to not have been um, raised in this part of the world, but she she loved this movie. She thought it was hilarious um like for her this was like a glimpse into a whole other world and she thought the whole thing was very fun And you know she she likes football she she plays flag football so like for her getting to see like the inner workings of a boys team she liked that um but uh <laughs> the f-150 it felt like the whole movie was building to the f-150 just the Georgian-ness, like the georgia meter was ratcheting up and it was like he's gonna get a new vehicle what's he gonna get oh my gosh yes yes we're going we're all the way has um, to be an F-150.
1: <laughs>
3: what does it say? Let's see. It says, Grant Taylor, the impact
2: you made on our school means more to us than you ever know. The Lord has used you to meet a need in our lives, and now we want to meet a need in yours. You'll find the title of this new truck in your name. Please accept it as our way of saying thank you. Uh-uh. Somebody that gave you a truck?
3: Man, this title got your name on
0: it. You got to be kidding
2: me, Grant Taylor. Somebody gave you a new truck. This is my truck the the death crawl is effective like there are details like alex mentioned it's kind of weird that everyone's just standing around watching not hooting and hollering or whatever but it it is an effective scene um a lot of heart went into that scene and you can tell and you can see why it was the thing that went live went like went pre-viral from this movie um other than that everything was like that detail hit because i know that guy you know all that stuff was like pretty personal for me, but like the the effective filmmaking, um, <laughs> uh, I you know, I guess the practice scene, the crawl, is probably the one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when he's like talking about God delivered the the F one hundred and fifty, or God delivered for him, is just <laughs> just, just incredible, and it's also. It's just great that they have him the whole movie driving just the biggest shitbox box they could find just the car that dies all the time. And uh, she says the thing about when he gets back to his house for the first time, which is a, it was in the trivia. It was like, it was someone's hunting lodge that they were running, but he, he lives on a beautiful piece of property in a very mm-hmm. nice looking house. Um, like, but it smells a, bad, but it smells bad, but it's, it's certainly not a cheap place. Um, but like he gets in, he parks and she's like, why did you park out there? Died again. Like car car died <laughs> when I had time to park. It's just, um, but I, for me, it was the championship game. Cause just because of everything going on, Mark Richt is in the stands where then we're really, we have an opponent for the first time because everyone else is kind of a faceless opponent. We don't know anything about them. We don't know anything about their coaches. We have former professional wrestler with his lollipop just being, generally very arrogant this is also the game where like you said they they had to shape their a lot of their uh filming like around football they had to shape their story around football they already filmed but for this one it was clear they filmed football specifically for the movie like had the cast out there and doing things and that's where this is where i had the strongest feelings of they don't really understand how football works in a, in a lot of ways and like I mean, you get it's fourth and goal, presumably eight to 10 seconds left. He's like, we got to go for, you know, we got to, we got to shut, you know, score this touchdown or whatever, instead of just like kneel. It's like the, uh, this probably the, the worst, the second worst piece of clock management in movie history. But I don't know if you've seen all the right moves. The, uh, the mm-hmm. Tom Cruise football movie from 1981, uh, some terror, some similar clock management there, but, um, I, I I would ask you, I presume it is it's probably not surprising that they didn't put a lot of effort into making the football correct or close to correct
2: it I think it reflects this sort of sense that like we are men from Georgia. We know football, right? Like we don't need to hire a football consultant. <laughs> we are we are straight Christian men from the state of Georgia. We automatically know this stuff. And it's like, no, you didn't. I, I, I get that you've watched a lot of college football, but it's not coming across that you actually um, put any thought into how it works. So like, yeah, the, uh, I mean, the clock, the clock management thing, it just typifies the hubris in trying to uh, tell a football story without understanding football all that well. Um Like, I get what they're going for. They wanted to convey the other coach has arrogance and our good guy coach is humble and just does what it takes to win. Um, But this is the dumbest way. No one, no one has ever been arrogant enough to pass up. He could have kicked the field goal. His whole thing, they were setting up like hes uh, he thinks it's shameful to score field goals instead of touchdowns. But, like, literally the state title is on the line. You don't have to do anything. Kicking a field goal will run the score up. But instead he chooses to go for a touchdown, fumbles it, and they run it back in. No.
1: No. <laughs> just just not a thing that happens. And, th- and that leads us to the play that we knew was coming the whole time, this undersized kid. We haven't talked about David at all, this this undersized kicker who the second we, we meet him, the second we find out that he's coming out as a kicker on the team, we know for a fact that this kid is, is going to kick our game-winning field goal. But it, it goes into... The God's going to help you make this kick of it all. And that's there was I th- I thought that's when it really hit a second level of, yes, there was, you know, hey, we we're doing this for God and stuff, and that's why we're playing good football. But this was the first time that they explicitly said, like, hey, you've got to give it all, but God's going to help you make this kick, which is I'm sure there's a segment of people who watch this movie who are just watching this like fuck yeah but not not saying fuck but like something else (laughs) just like super jazzed about this that that god god shifted the wind for this kid to make this 51 yard field goal
2: which is that's the canon of the story like like it it is he's kicking into the wind or is he right (laughs) but uh but yeah I, i i'm trying to remember being around the age of these players and all that i i don't remember ever having a sense that like God cares who wins our sports games. And I was deep immersed in the world. Like, you know, I, I thought God cared about everything, but I don't remember ever having the sense that, like, I mean, this, this might be, I'm an, I'm an Atlanta sports fan. So, of course, God does not care who wins any of our God could
1: sense. not care less about, <laughs> <laughs> about any, yeah. any of your teams. <laughs> He's sending, he might send you Bill Belichick, though.
2: Yeah. 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 Sure. That sounds fun, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, like, I know there are people who they, they do this logic trick like trick where it's like if we win then we will draw attention and then we can pass that attention on to God therefore we should be the ones who win because if the other team wins they won't share their attention with God so it's like this inventing a reason why me winning is better for the universe thing um and then if I win then that proves it and if I don't win then I didn't have enough faith or whatever (laughs) and so that's why the wind shifted
1: that seems like the evangelical version of Michael Jordan inventing inventing enemies and gripes against people to oh sure to like to motivate himself in that way. It's, it seems like it's just kind of a different version of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you see a a direct version of that in most of these other movies. Like I mentioned, God's Not Dead, where it's like everyone's out to get us and all that. There's not a lot of that here, just because there's everyone in the movie. It you know believes the same thing. But yeah, there is a lot of. Um, saying whatever you need to say in order to believe the thing you're supposed to believe and feeling like you have to do both of those things and uh you're not allowed to just like kick a football and see it go through and feel good about the work that you put in because like that's prideful right that means oh oh you're proud of the work you did you're not proud of the holy spirit working through your foot you know like everything has to be uh everything has to be about the, the mission and the group that's not really the group, but like the church, the institution, everything has to be about how good it is and how uh, a piece of garbage like you was somehow able to succeed. Thanks to this institution.
1: Even a field goal. That goes into something like um, that. I was kind of thinking about with this movie and how their, their mindset and, and like how, how they view sports too, because sports is such a, all sports really are, are built highly on failure. And there there's a line, like if we were getting into best quote, there's a line, I was hoping God would give us just one win in the playoffs or something like that. Like it's, I guess it's kind of like the free will question too. And I wasn't in this world, so I don't know how that works. But if, like, if you're evaluating sports, it, for them, is it all, we did this, we won or lost, or this field goal went in, or hit the post, or... You know, their guy fumbled the ball because God was was in our favor. Is there is there a line there?
2: Yeah, yeah. There 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 is a there is certainly a note of that, um, and it's it's. I mean, it's it's kind of an ancient and universal thing. Like you know, in other cultures they call it luck, right? And it, it's, you don't use that word here because, like, everything is God's will. Like, luck is ordained. Like, luck is essentially, that's a word for, well, something happened and I don't understand it. Therefore, God must have wanted it to happen. Um, and, like, some of that is biblical. Like, there are stories of, like, two armies are fighting and, like, the, 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 the tides of battle are shifting based on God's favor, based on, like, who is saying and doing the right things in those moments or whatever. And, like, they take those stories of... Wars from three thousand years ago, and they place them on a football field as if football matters. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it's ultimately it's it's a way to say luck without attributing anything in the universe to randomness. I guess
1: that's kind of like the the scene from um, really masterful work of cinema, Troy. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> at times at times it is. <laughs> yeah, it has this it moments where they're wiped off the beach, and it's like, and the, only the Trojan horse is left. He's like, the gods have punished them for and it's like okay just burn the horse um best quote in this movie there are a couple, there is a legitimately funny scene that i enjoy in this movie not like i'm not laughing at it i am legitimately laughing with them and it is when he gets the call from the guy who's letting them know that the playoff game is going to be canceled and they could do like that. That That's Charles Schultz. Oh, no, that's Charles Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Oh, cheese, yeah. Yeah. Gallenberg. <laughs> that's a legitimate. They take it like one to two references too long, but that's a legitimately good joke. Very much enjoyed that. Yeah.
2: And I liked the moments where the two coordinators, those two guys, um, they have a repartee, you know, like they banter and like, I mean, it, it's 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 the one um, black character, the one person of color, like with actual lines in the entire movie, and he gets to just banter about like knowing stuff, you know. And then they're not having him like reference things that would feel stereotypically. He's just bantering about like, you know, he's just he's just telling jokes about uh, essentially playing like a Wikipedia game. Um, so, like, yeah, yeah, that 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 was a good scene. I I think my my favorite lines are the ones where. Um, a a son says to a dad, there's like a rebellious player on the team or whatever. He's like, dad, I respect your authority. And his dad just lights up. Like this is, this is all he's ever wanted to hear. It's it's so accurate.
1: Like, is that the one in the bank where the guy's like, I'd give anything to hear my son say that?
2: (laughs) These dads sit around all day long thinking like, why don't my sons respect me as much as I respected (laughs) my dad. It's like this obsession and, and it's so accurate that it came through in that the other one and like I realize these are like uh, backhanded compliments to call them the best line. The other one is um, when coach is standing in front of the team and he's saying like, are you doing your best for Jesus? Are you doing your best on the practice field? Are you doing your best in the classroom? Are you doing your best when you're on the computer at home and you think no one knows And they okay, cut yeah is, a that, is they, it
1: were they referring to what I thought they were yes, referring to?
2: Yes, they cut to a player who looks down in shame. It's like, dog, this is a football movie, <laughs> and you're hitting me
1: like with like porn shame. <laughs> that that kid, that kid looked down and was like thinking about how much Limewire he's how how long he's been on Limewire. <laughs> I hope
2: nobody's printing off stuff from my computer at home right now. Yeah, like yeah, I, I hope my covenant eyes isn't flaring up and sending emails to my dad right now. Like yeah. Can we just yeah. talk about football? Why are you hitting these kids with that in this moment?
1: <laughs> another another great line. Jason, we're both we're both parents and I assume that your wife, like like my wife, let you know that you were having a having a child with you've made the team, the <laughs> daddy team. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that that line is like the culmination of everything, right? Like, like it's it's near the end. It's like uh, all the hearts are full. What? How's she gonna deliver this? He's winning the championship of life, right? Um, and that's what she said. You made the daddy team.
1: <laughs> I mean, truly incredible. Like one of one of the most amazing movie lines I've ever heard. Like I just because they. You know that they were thinking about, okay, how are we going to do this pregnancy announcement that they're just going to love? And they came up with the daddy team. I don't know how many ideas came before that. I don't know what was worse, what they scratched out to do the daddy team, but um, man, uh, incredible, incredible stuff.
2: Uh, The other thing about, um, I just thought of this. So the same guy was the producer writer, writer, Director, star, and caster, which means he was responsible for selecting the woman who uh, is clearly younger than him, who would spend the entire movie trying to be impregnated by him. He's a pastor, and that's his job: is saying, "You look like the." woman who should play who i'm not married to you look like the woman who should pretend she wants to be impregnated by me it's just a very strange thing for a southern baptist pastor to be doing on the church time i guess not like there's actual sex scenes in the movie i'm just saying it's (laughs) this feels like the kind of thing where at most churches they would say hey hey hang on hang on we we need a husband and wife duo playing these characters you know
1: very uh very deliberate choice by uh by picking picking the uh the younger blonde woman
2: yeah yeah for, yeah, for, yeah for coach's wife because like I mean my car car's broken and my house stinks but but I got a smoking hot wife so
1: I'm a man of God yeah man man of God God has blessed me with with my blonde wife <laughs> um most athletic moment we've kind of talked about I think that's the the death crawl that is legitimately extremely it's either that or tough.
2: or the throw um. By the other team in the state title game, their quarterback has like an actual arm. Yes, like thro- yes. throws throws a couple. Looks like a
1: football player. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, that's the thing with filming actual football and like having a bunch of actual athletes in this movie. Like none on their team apparently, but like in the, the <laughs> other teams, like there's there's some good looking football. It looks better than a lot of a lot of movies. Um, which you know, t- tip of the cap, like tip of the cap. Uh, the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. Here's where I struggled. It was I did not really know anyone's name, and the mm-hmm. problem with these movies and a lot of these actors being volunteers is on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb they have no pictures, so mm-hmm. it's like I know characters like the 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 guy coaching the Giants who we talked about, the former professional wrestler. He is awesome. The assistant coaches for the Shiloh for the school the the one the bigger guy who they're trying to give him the team initially in the montage when he is screaming like woo and it goes on for like five, he says like five or six unnecessary woos is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I, I loved it. Are there any, are there any supporting characters who I guess pretty much everyone except I would say the coach is, is a supporting character. Yeah. Is there anyone who sticks out to you as a favorite for one reason or another?
2: I mean, the bad guy coach, uh, you know, we've said it several times. He was awesome. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd suit up for that guy. seems like a real real asshole <laughs> <It seems, laughs> this seems, seems like a lot of fun um the uh mama coach did a pretty good job with the material you know um it's, it's the players were all just completely indistinguishable. like i i never got any sense that they had differing personalities or you know like like in all the you know in every sports movie it's like you know you, you need like the the hot shot And you need the veteran player and you need the you know the mentor player and you know these two guys are very different but they're going to become best friends there's none of that stuff it's just like they're all players and so yeah yeah. um my daughter was very freaked out by the kicker's dad she she
1: i thought he was kind of strange he gave me he gave me weird he he seemed like a character from twin peaks in yeah, a weird way. he had he had a face like an old
2: baby <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked like uatu the watcher
1: <laughs> he was yeah he would he would not be my my lenny harris pinch award <laughs> yeah so, um, oh sorry i mean well there's mark Richt too. it what might was, be Mark Richt. <laughs> 2006 what was the feeling of good what was the vibe with mark rick like vibes were good right yeah this vibes were good right they when, i think they had, came in
2: they had won the sec i think I think twice by that point. Um, oh seven was setting up for that. I think oh seven was there. Like, was that the year they were ranked number one going in? But yeah, the vibes were awesome at that point. Th- this yeah, was this was an incredible get for this movie as Mark Richt in this movie.
1: Yeah, because Stafford is there by that time. I think wasn't. I think Stafford was a freshman in the fall. Uh, of that might have been
2: uh, Stafford and NoShawn were there. I
1: believe, because I'm I'm lining it up. The the classic Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford went to high school together, but I think Clayton Kershaw was drafted in 2006. But uh, yeah, I mean that's it's probably the best time to be Mark Rick at Georgia that there was. I think it's probably all downhill from from this point. <laughs> this this movie was kind of his peak. With some yeah, I mean there
2: there were some upward moments. You know, there was 2012. There was there there was. Which that one didn't quite get all the way, but um,
1: I guess like the Aaron this, Murray.
2: This was yeah. certainly a peak, that's for sure. And once you throw in appearing in a, a, like, pound for pound bonkers successful Christian movie, this probably was his favorite year as a as a football coach. I would have to guess.
1: I would think so. Um, you mentioned if if the 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 Giants' coach is the Lenny Harris Pritchard Award, he would also be the villain in the defend the villain category. Oh, there we go. Um, you know because there, there's not really a mention of like Satan is not a villain in this movie. I assume some of these movies where Satan is a little more prevalent like Satan <laughs> Satan or the Left mm-hmm. but, but neither of them are featured. So I think this is kind of our guy. Yeah. Uh I think the defense of him is like my man just wants to win football games. Like he's arrogant but he's he's there to motivate his team. They're some of the best coaches we've ever seen have this have this arrogant mind, you know, kind of arrogant air about them and that's that's how their teams feel like jimmy johnson kind of had a little little bit of that in him
2: sure yeah going for the touchdown the completely unnecessary touchdown at the end if it had worked he would have looked awesome because what what a heel move that is like oh this inspirational christian schools in the title game we're gonna run (laughs) the damn score up on them for no reason get off my field i love it let's do it
1: (laughs) i mean he just listen he had the wrong quarterback if Jameis is back there we're 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 punching that one in baby (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get you a big uh, get you a big Josh Allen back there and let's do it. Um this next category is one that is certainly easier uh when Caroline is on the pod. The Peter Gallagher Award for the hottest person in this movie. This this is not a very hot movie. And Oof. Are these <laughs> I I don't think these movies are made to be hot people movies. You're supposed in, to in get a
2: lot of chaste hot. You're supposed to get a lot of like, well, if that looks like a person I would allow my child to date at age ni- 18 and marry at 19. Like that is the level of attraction you're supposed to have for um any actor in any of these movies or you're supposed to think like that person looks like one half of a clean cut couple like that
1: (laughs) and in in, in that in that regard they nailed it with with mostly everybody uh you know again it's not the hottest cast ever mark rick fairly in terms of college football coach looking great good looking dude yeah his his tan his tan (laughs) was very noticeable in the crowd he was the tannest person by multiple (laughs) shades
2: this was one of his fluffiest hair years as well. Um, he was known for the Helen Hunt hair, and it was it was lustrous at this point. So, I, Mark Rick, yeah, Mark Rick is unquestionably the hottest person in this in this movie. I mean, that's former college think, quarterback and everything.
1: Yeah, do we think Kirby would have done this? Because <laughs> no. imagine like Kirby's K- never Kirby never heard of Jesus. The, the first current. of all, <laughs> <laughs>
2: where where what high schools he play at? No, Kirby, Kirby doesn't care about any of this shit. Kirby, I think Kirby. Last I heard, I think Kirby is like either not a nominational or Methodist, neither. Which would be surprised, but I think for Kirby, it is more um, just making appearances, keeping you know, like keeping the Georgians happy, keeping the yokels happy, doing this church shit. I, <laughs> that's my vibe. Don't quote me. I don't know him. I don't know anyone who goes to church with him. But like, that's that's the general vibe I get, sort of of him as a character. I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean Kirby would have been at that game, but to recruit. It's a state title, right? Again. Sure. Kirby's there to, to re- sign a letter to recruit
2: title. the other team's quarterback.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that's why Kirby's there. Um. A uh, drinking game. Make a drinking game. <laughs> a drinking <laughs> game for this movie.
2: Well, first of all, we're drinking uh grape juice because you see the <laughs> wine that Jesus made. It actually had very low alcohol content. That's what I was always taught. Um, <laughs>
1: Of course Jesus was very very light on the Everyone
2: opposite. knows Jesus was a teetotaler when he was partying at a wedding. Um Man, a drinking game for this one. So it's got to be something religious, I would assume.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could you could drink every time they say the word God. Okay, so and you're tank. All right. You're you're hammered. You're having and an awesome drink. time. <laughs> um <laughs> Every time Every time coach is like a negative Nancy. like a like a sad drink for him or something like that
2: every time he looks just completely defeated you got to finish your drink for him because he can't (laughs) because he's a baptist in albany georgia so well every time he looks like he could use one it's on you to do it um it's got for, for him.
1: Uh Stone Cold Steve Austin when uh when he gets the F-150. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's the victory. That's the victory moment. Like all that stuff about joining the daddy team. Like, no, he already did that. He's got F
1: 150. <laughs> F-150. That's that F-150 is for the daddies. <laughs> um, okay, best time, worst time. So this is which character over the course of this movie had the best time, and which character over the course of this movie had the worst time?
2: Hmm. I mean, best time. So, like, the best, the, 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 like, ultimately the best time would be Coach, who, uh, wins two state championships. We learned at the very end, right? Yes. Um, but he's miserable yes. for most of the movie.
1: Joins the daddy team. Yeah. He's, see, the, if it was just the first half award, he is, he is having the worst time. <laughs> yeah. He's, his house smells, he's broke. <laughs> he finds out that there's a secret, secret group of of board members trying to trying to take his job and give it to his very unqualified assistant um there's yeah, something that, wrong I mean, with his junk so yeah so he's shooting blanks um I mean God God might win puts another championship in the rafters for him yeah but he might have the best time
2: God has actually yeah God has a great time in this movie because there's no atheists or satanists or uh there, there's there, you know there, there's there's there are no there's no Kevin Sorbo playing a liberal professor like there's no opposition to god in this movie so god is just vibing this entire time real um,
1: garden of eden situation
2: really that's all how i've always thought of albany georgia <laughs> that's paradise perfected if we could all just get back to albany georgia everything would be fine
1: <laughs> world will be better if, if everywhere was like albany worst time is t- no one like no one has a a continually terrible time i will say david the field goal kicker doesn't seem like he's having fun at any point in the movie even when he makes the field goal in the locker room after when coach calls on him he looks he looks downtrodden
2: i don't know if he totally understands football it's like he's uh he's a soccer player which is sort of like ooh Mm, he's not a real boy you know like it's he's like this imported football player and they're teaching him how to be how to how to be a man and stuff so maybe it's meant to suggest he like still doesn't understand did you notice
1: when when he set up for his kick he turned around the other way like how field goal kickers move back a few steps and and inside to one step he turned all the way around to walk his steps Mm yeah yeah because they, would have they been show one of those him moments he's spraying the ball else.
2: everywhere until the holder coaches him on the number of steps to take. And then he's like incredibly deliberate about those steps in a way that no one would actually be. um, Yeah. I don't know if really anyone has a bad time uh, other than Mrs. Coach, I guess. Cause I mean, she doesn't seem to have really have any, anything going on in her life. She works like eight minutes a week at the florist. Otherwise she just <laughs> tells her husband, she's still not pregnant. And that's she's it.
1: Not pregnant. She can't drink. Yeah. Uh, oh, Hal yeah.
2: Smells. She she's not allowed to know anything about football.
1: I saw the dinner she made him, and it was deeply uninspiring. Yeah. Uh, we got to get her out of Albany, man. Dude, she she deserves better. But she oh, after winning a state championship, they're in Albany forever. Oh,
2: they're Albany royalty now.
1: Yeah, he. I mean, he just they're they're gonna roll out the the lifetime contract for him. Um, I, I believe we have to skip the next category as we do not have Caroline in the show, but the, the Keith Morrison dateline episode from this movie, it's really only, only Caroline, Caroline will, uh, will just essentially on any movie riff on, on what Keith Morrison would say as far as the intro to the dateline episode from this movie. Uh, she, she would have had a whopper for this one. Folks, Caroline had a, a scheduling conflict, which is why she's not joining us. Um, so we can just move right on to roster moves and which character would you swap out for Airbud in this movie, <laughs> we need an
2: <laughs> athlete on this football team who I can actually identify <laughs> like we need, we need airbud at running back on the football team, though, that's, that's the thing when this movie starts, it's, there's some tragedy about like a running back named Tucker has transferred. Oh, he
1: transfers. We and didn't this talk is about like, that. And NIL ruining football.
2: It's yeah. It's just this devastating. Oh, now we're going to be awful. We already were. But from that point on, almost no player other than David the kicker—oh, his name's David, did you get it?—is, is like, identified or matters in any way other than, like, the three seconds when 54 is important because he's big. Like, so we need Airbud to replace Tucker, and then we'll have one player who I'm like, ah, I remember that guy. I can tell him apart from anyone. I know a fact about him. I care about Airbud's success, so— just give Airbud the rock, I think.
1: I think so. Although, hear me out Airbud is the dad of the kid who eventually gives Coach the F 150. <laughs> and so we see Airbud in the car, like in the kid watching him have the F 150. That's
2: good. That's good. Or it, it, maybe Airbud is the kid who's been looking at porn at home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God damn it, Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay off Lime wire. <laughs> um okay the big chill which is like the chill you know the moment the good sports movies have like in Miracle Mike Iruzzi, you know, his goal things like that I think if you're deeply bought into this movie I would say the field goal is probably a big chill moment but I think you have to be very deeply bought into this movie or the the death crawl scene no, quit.
2: come on Two more, One more!
3: Ah! got
0: look up Brock you're in the end zone
2: I think for this it's either when the camera zooms out and like oh my gosh 54 crawled all the way across the field but the field goal is fine um I honestly I think the
0: chill in
2: this movie for its target audience is when they want the pregnancy revelation to hit so hard that they will the line to work. I would imagine that the the target consumer of this movie is so invested in a successful pregnancy that they're like, "Gosh, that's the worst line I've ever heard." But uh, I, ooh, I, I actually do feel chills anyway. So I, I think they can will it to work.
1: That I, I will take your word for it as far as what the chill moment <laughs> would be because I, yeah, I'm. I I don't have my finger on the pulse with this audience, so uh, <laughs> you know I th- I think if you're a little more bought into the football, it's the kick. But I don't. Do you think the people who watch this were that bought into the football? Because it's very obvious what's going to happen from from the the moment the movie starts. I mean it's
2: it doesn't feel like the kind of thing that would have really worked on me because it feels um, it just. You know, obviously clearly lower budget than the average sports movie. It's 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 not the star of the show. The whole point of it is just like, look, the football's good enough. And now here's all the God stuff, you know. um, So, like, I cannot imagine being, say, a 13 year old in this world and watching this movie and thinking this football is awesome.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, that, that's good to hear. I'm glad the kids are all right in terms of that. The, terms kids, of being, the kids, the being- kids. The kids
2: can see through some things, and then they know when to smack themselves, you know, mentally for for seeing through things.
1: Uh, last category before more store. Would you rather say prequel, sequel, a remake of this one? I I <laughs> want to I want to reframe this to you, and um, and I can't remember. Like, I think I saw this on Twitter, and I think you might have interacted with it, but I can't remember. It was someone there was like a tweet of someone saying that there needs to be like a mainstream movie showcasing Christian values and things like that. And like, you know, more people need to be watching this and stuff like that. Is it possible for an evangel like for there to be an evangelical sports movie or something like that to break into the mainstream to where more people than just this kind of very secular community are into it. Like I go back, like I remember the one thing that I consumed when I was it was Veggie Tales. Everyone loved mm-hmm. Veggie Tales. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff like that. Like, is it possible to break through and have like an evangelical because they they continue to try with movies like like Dennis Quaid had that baseball movie that came out at the beginning of this year and things like that. Like they continue to try. So it's getting closer and closer. Like, do you see that happening at some point?
2: A sports movie specifically. Um, I think they could. I think there's some things they'd have to tone down, but I mean, like how many athletes do we see? Like, I think Jesus, you know, immediately after CJ Stroud did it just uh, Saturday or whatever. Um, it's like the Heisman ceremony this year. It was every player at the Heisman ceremony had a speech about God and then their parents talked about God. And it was like Tim Tebow is the least religious person on the stage, I think, you know. <laughs> so I think there is a massive uh, Dion Sanders, Dabo Swinney, Hugh Freeze, you know, just on and on and on. There is enormous level of comfort within football for um, for evangelical coded expression, for charismatic leaning evangelicalism, I would say particularly. Um, so like, I mean, if they were to do a movie like this and they get Dion to play the Mark Richt, bang, that's it. That's your crossover. Anybody will see Dion do anything. Um, and like, there's some stuff I think they toned down and then there's some stuff that they, uh, actually think through. Like we talked about like, you know, the, the, um, uh, the racial demographics of the rosters is just an instant turnoff for, uh, you know, just going to be a, a barrier for a lot of people with this movie. So you, you actually think through those things and you think through those details, like it, you know, if you have a racially diverse team and Deion Sanders is playing, uh, the, a coach or an ad or something and it's loaded with god talk but it's and it's not framed about around any kind of political exclusion it's all just like fuzzy inspirational god talk um i mean yeah i don't, I don't think it would be like a massive hit but i think it would make a lot of money
1: <laughs> i think if you make the football awesome or whatever sport it is if you make that actually all awesome, if you say Hey, you might not be a diehard Christian, diehard Evangelical, or whatever. If you're a diehard football fan or sports fan, you will love the football in this movie. You'll love the baseball in this movie. It gets everything right in terms of how the sport works and things like that. It just like, you know, it could be a hyper religious team, but it's also you've got a coach who's modeled after like youth pastor Mike McDaniel, and he's talking about the ins and outs of these these new plays. He's this new, you know. We we we've got this new West Coast pa this West Coast pastor coach or West Coast youth yeah, pastors yeah, coming yeah. to be our football coach. He's got all these fancy pre snap motions and and yeah, you it's know, always talks some- about progressive <laughs> Jesus.
2: <laughs> it's always something like that where it's like he's gonna invent the option, you know, and the like <laughs> football movie. But like, yeah, it, it wouldn't be difficult to say, like, all right, we are gonna spend the money to we're gonna have football scenes on par with like the Friday Night Lights movie or whatever. Um And then we're going to do all the Jesus-y stuff. Now, the movie I would actually be excited about is one that's not made within the by evangelicals for evangelicals market. Like, it is not a work of evangelical propaganda, but it is totally accurately about a Christian school and, you know, it's, it's warts and all complete honesty. Hollywood, I will write this for you. It's fine. I I could I could I could dash out a script. And I could start writing and just hand it to you. But <laughs> I w- I would be very excited about that movie.
1: That's uh that's the Blind Side too, right? <laughs> <That's laughs> no, there's
2: now there's a uh movie without any any lingering issues or,
1: Ooh, buddy, that uh has not have not covered it yet on the show. Really, have a lot of thoughts. Not yet. Wow. Yeah. Me, you, and Alex might have to reconvene for that one. Because, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, a- Alex
2: has the mic for all that one. <laughs> yeah, foo buddy.
1: Uh, but Jason, this was great. I am grateful that you, that you joined the show, that you came on, had a lot of fun. Tell the folks again uh, about your book and where they can find it, where they can order it.
2: It's called Hell is a World Without You. It is available everywhere as far as i know there might be some book sites that don't have it but uh it's available bookshop you can get it at your local bookshop you can get it if amazon works for you it's at amazon um hey we had physicals there but we're down to ebooks but those are pay what you want and anything any, all money that makes its way to me by february 12th will be going to the trevor project so the more the merrier um but paperback ebook hard book, hard covers uh they're all available everywhere and uh and go go read the reviews and blurbs because i'm quite proud of them
1: they are they heard nothing but good things excited to crack into it myself uh starting tomorrow uh all those links will be in the show notes and folks if you enjoyed this episode of big screen sports please subscribe wherever you get your podcast rate and leave a review Folks know the drill. If you are a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm that is presented by Baseball America. New episode dropping tomorrow with someone who I don't know yet. It'll be exciting. I just haven't recorded it yet, so we will see. Uh, But yeah, tune into that. And uh, for Big Screen Sports, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening.